and welcome back to yet another edition of Kent and the Steering Team for another week. I feel like I always say yet or yet or another week, but you know, this is me. Um, as always, you're joined by myself, Phil, my friends Bianca and Drew. Unfortunately, there is no Kent though. He is uh, out doing a little bit of retail therapy. I think he's um, it's well deserved, and so he's doing that. Um, anyway, on with the show. Uh, team, how are we? How are we enjoying retail therapy? How are we enjoying freedom? How are we enjoying being out of out of lockdown for us in the state of New South Wales? How are you enjoying? Scheming the punishment that I've so very deserved after saying the forbidden word last week. What word was that? The former administration's name. Drew, what word was it? The one that Philip said. Ah, damn it. I just wanted to say. Can we just appreciate the fact that we're finally in the same room together again? I know! It's it's weird, and also it made me realise I needed to clean my house. And I haven't done a good job at it, I'm not going to lie. You aren't going to clean it because we're coming around. You're going to clean it because Sarah's here too, aren't you, Sarah? What? See? (laughs) Well, mostly because Sarah needed my room, and I was like, fuck. And then she Um, didn't need your room again. And then she didn't need my room, but it made me dust, so... Then you were like, double fuck. And then you just kept going. Yeah, well, now I'm like, I probably should sort out all the shit on my bed. So I probably yeah. will do that. Um, and, and also because because re- retail therapy, because freedom, because everything um, like that, we're a little underprepared this week um, because we're spending too much time just chatting, watching the movie. In fact, we watched one of the Bond movies together. Uh, that was exciting to do. It was um, a lot of fun. But it was the time that we'd normally be prepping. We were watching a movie and eating food. So... Um, We've only got two segments for you this week, unfortunately. We're going to discuss <laughs> said freedom, um, and then also we're going to get into our Bond reviews and everything like that. So we're sorry, but if you want to listen to something longer, just go back an episode or something. Like, relax. <laughs> Jesus, just a week. Come yeah, this is, this is for your drive home, your short drive home, because exactly. you're out now, and you're driving. And I actually haven't been out yet, because Freedom Day was Monday, Yes. and I work full-time and can't leave but i have i took friday off for this express podcast exactly so basically at the time of recording you haven't been out yet but at the time of this going up by the time this goes out i will have my nails done possibly my eyebrows i don't know um depends if i can get an appointment um but i'll definitely have my nails done i'll probably have a new apple watch um i will have taken back my other ugg boots from Peter Alexander, which I bought yes. the week before we went into lockdown, but they were too small for me. Oh, so you've not been able to do anything with them since. Yeah, and I called Peter Alexander four oh, times and like, no. can I take them back? And every time they were like, well, no, probably not. I'm like, so can I organize another way to refund? Uh, no, probably not. So then I eventually called a store and they were like, yeah, we'll do it. I'm like, sweet. Lovely. Well, <laughs> Sarah was able to um, swap her birthday um, Doc Martens on Monday, go and enjoy some... A walk through Newtown and and and, um, and and make that happen. So that was really exciting for her and um, Sarah and I have been shopping as well. And um, yeah, it's been it's good and it's and but it's just nice to, to be free again. You know, be allowed to be out and about and everything like that. So I'm really. Phil, do you want to um? Phil, mention the nice round number. No, no, we're not going to do that. Not on air. <laughs> we're not doing that on air. Because your parents are going to hear yeah. this. It's a, it's, a, it's a lot of money. It's embarrassingly amount. It's good amongst friends, but but geez, not in the reality of it. Come on, guys. I just really want your mum to walk into your room now and be like, "What? What money? Yeah, what she will. Spend? She will. She will come in and ask me how much it is, and just say how much it is. But I'm not going to say how much it is because it's terrifying amount. I mean, geez, we're not a spending family, and I, I spent money today. So, um, and she's going to walk in and say, "No, when? When? No, we are. You're right. That's exactly what's going to happen. Um, yeah, but." Um, that's where we're at, and we're going to get to that. We're also going to get to the fact that 
potentially tomorrow when this podcast goes up, um, New South Wales will be at 80% and therefore have the freedoms beyond what we were supposed to have for two weeks um, and have it a week early. So we're going to talk about that as well and we'll also go through what changes happened at 70% compared to what we had in the previously or before that and, and why it's such a big deal for us. Guys, do you want me to do my punishment? What's my punishment? Tell you really is. want to do your punishment uh, because you're staring okay. at this bowl. Yes. Can I just say, at some point while we were preparing for this to hit record, Bianca got up, went to the kitchen and came back with a bowl of sour cream and put it on the table in front of me. I don't it's know what. It's not sour cream. What is it? It's yogurt. Okay, what sort of... You- well, why did you say it was sour cream? Because I didn't want to tell you what it was. Because it was safer that way. Okay, it was what am so I- keen because I'm like, yogurt made me give it away. What's, what am I doing with... What's the yogurt for? What's that? Is that wasabi? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of the people at home who don't know... Phil has an aversion to spicy food. Just in general, every yep. time I cook, I actually cook a mild version for him and then I'll add chili to everyone else's version. Like, you know when you make kids f- food and then you have adults uh, food? Um, Phil really doesn't like spicy okay, food. Okay, that's it. The next punishment that one of you guys get, it is death, is the actual <laughs> punishment. Like, actual death. But I brought you yogurt. I don't care what you brought me. You could have brought me a million dollars and I'd still be... You have a okay. palate cleanser here. Yeah, we, we brought you something. But see, here's the thing. You're going to take one each segment and then we're going to talk. <laughs> okay. Aren't you glad there's only two segments how much, this week? How much, how, much is it, how much are you giving me? I'm not going to kill you. Not a massive amount. I know how potent. So the other idea was to have actual chilies, but then we realized that wasabi actually lasts less time. Wasabi is okay. a quicker chili and we don't want to kill you and we know that you're sensitive. Yes. Okay. So it's stronger, but it's quicker. Makes sense? God, yeah. Okay. Come on. Because it doesn't have... um, Just a fun fact. The stuff that I'm allergic to is also in chili, the the capsicum or whatever. Mm -hmm. And those are like tiny... You cannot see them. How soon after I have this can I have the yogurt? Straight after. Whenever you want. Okay, come on. (laughs) Sarah, can you hold my my mic for me? Just there for me. Thank you. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, that's too much. Hold on. That's... That's way too much. Okay, for him, good. that's way too much. He can't do that. Yeah. I've got my yogurt ready. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's got his yogurt oh ready. Oh, God. This is horrifyingly terrifying. I'm just going to swipe some. You remember <laughs> those cartoons where the steam had come out the ears? Yes, guys. I'm going to have a heart failure here. You guys are I feel like that's me. still yes. too much to eat for you. This is what's going to cause the heart failure. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Not the copious amounts of Coca-Cola. No, it is. Okay. Okay, my suggestion is what? Uh, spread it out as much as you can across your tongue. Like spread out the pain. Yeah, I and, don't like this idea. And avoid the top of your mouth as much as you can. Oh, God. Okay, so before you do this, yes. I am going to film it and put it up on our. Oh, thank you. Yep. It, so it will go on our socials. Are you sad for this? Are you sad? Do you feel sorry for me here? <laughs> how do I spread that this across? Shrug. I don't understand how I'm meant to spread this across my tongue. So do you know when you like? Just spread it around your mouth. Yeah, just spread it around your mouth. Just let's see how much wasabi you have there. Just show the camera. Okay, it's about like a pinky size. <laughs> He'll be fine. I don't know if he will be. I'm actually quite scared for you. Yeah, so I regret I. making this choice, but also I'm fascinated to watch. That's really not nice. <laughs> 
is. It's like a brain freeze, isn't it? That's horrific. Now you feel what every American felt when they heard that name. Oh, oh. You know, the yogurt brings back PTSD of having it. Oh, I can feel it going down. It's, it's horrible. Is there any lactose in that yogurt? I yeah, no, it's full lactose. Oh, oh that's, beautiful. That's double good, punishment. I'm having more. <laughs> Also, Phil is lactose intolerant, um, as am yep. I, but we both ignore that on a regular basis. So Yeah, just make sure you save enough for segment two. Oh. <laughs> I also brought, that's also why I brought out the jug of water. So can I just say You didn't notice the jug. Because <laughs> I do that every week. He's gonna kill us if we screw up. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. we're going at coming out of lockdown for like 80, 80% no, 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 next no, no, week. No, no, no. Hold that thought. <laughs> That's Still really recovering. not... <clears throat> oh, it clears the nose, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, no. If you're sick right now, if you have any trace of any virus, it will be gone. Mm. Oh, I have the cure for COVID. Um, <laughs> that, um, How do I describe the taste? As, well, that's the first time I've ever had wasabi. Um, how do I describe that? It tastes like... It, it tastes like rough burning. <laughs> rough burning. Like it, it feels like... Um, smooth burn. No, it feels burn. like someone's like scratching the top layer of your tongue off, followed by burning, <laughs> followed by total clarity in your nose, followed by burning on your brain. But are you alive? With rage and fury. <laughs> but did you die? But did you die? I thought I was going to. I almost... It's its but, crazy. But is it mostly gone now? The taste, no. The sensation, yes. Yeah, yeah so that's why we didn't give you actual... But it's not a nice taste because it just tastes like PTSD. It just tastes like I'm <laughs> about trauma. to... Uh, yeah, it just tastes like I'm about to have burning. Shame you don't have any coke left. <laughs> No, that's oh, terrible. That's the s- worst thing to have after you've had something spicy. I've yeah, because the bubbles actually ache. Oh, yes. Carbon. Yeah. Um, that that is rough, and I've got to do it again. Fucking <laughs> Christ on a bike. That's horrifying. A thought. Anyway. Anyway, on, on with, with the, the show. show. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're into seventy uh, percent in New South Wales. Thanks, guys. Thanks for that. Woo! Woo! Oh God, my. Well, that's what you get for saying. Fine, no one's gonna um, say it. Oh. I'm not saying it, Bianca. I'm not making that mistake. You're like the punishments just got real. We've been doing really light punishments, like oh, alliteration, and remember all the Marvel movies, and talk about your least, talk make make it sound like Fast and the Furious is your favorite film. No, no, this is real shit. Yeah. Anyway, so we're at seventy percent now. That's Sorry a, a seventy percent full vaccinated or seventy percent one full vaccinated in New South Wales. We're at ninety cool. as of Wednesday, the whatever th- of thirteenth of October. We're at ninety one percent one dose, and we're at seventy six percent two doses. Apparently, we're going to be by Monday, so tomorrow when this goes out, at eighty percent. Let's wait and see. Apparently, they're going to bring in the things from eighty percent on Monday, regardless. So coming a week um, ahead. Yeah. So this is um not the direction we were intending to go, but I got a question for you guys. Yeah. 
Craig Kelly um, and a few of the other MPs who are like George Christensen and a few other people are making a massive case of anti-vaccine. In New South Wales, ninety percent of people have had received their first dose. Yep. We did have protests. I'm not going to say we didn't. Yep. But with ninety percent at our first dose, mm-hmm. do you think that Craig Kelly and George Christensen and all those politicians are going to win any votes by their hard line? Yes, because their um, electorates are the ones that would elect these nutcases in the first place. So therefore, yes. So you this think maybe in those yes. they're, they're a reflection yeah. of their area. Correct. Um, and, and look, I mean, if we look at, say, Tony Abbott, for example, who very much wasn't a reflection of his electorate when um, it came to things like the plebiscite and the gay voting uh, or, or the, the, the gay voting in mm. parliament. Um, and that's what got him um, booted. booted by an independent was the fact that he didn't represent his electorate. Um, and, and so I think that it's possible that they, that may happen, but at the same time, these people are far more extremist, I think, than anyone like Tony Abbott. Tony Abbott's just a harmless fool. Um, I, I feel like Tony Abbott's extremism only came out of fear of gay people. It was, it was true to him. Mm. Whether I feel like George Christensen and Craig Kelly, I don't actually necessarily think they believe in what they're saying. No, no, that's the that's the exactly that's the fear I, is that these people are just nutcase puppets who also like to say things for the sake of it. And that's da- that saying things for the sake of it mm. is more dangerous, in my opinion, than believing it. Because if you believe it to a certain point, you're an idiot. Mm. Mm. But if you're saying it just to rile people up. And to get the votes. I almost said the thing that's again. That's manipulative. I almost said the thing again. It's the, it's the former administration thing. effect, yeah. That's it, what I was thinking, yeah. but I didn't want to say no, it. No, I know. Almost, I almost literally did. Um, it, it, Yeah, It look, Tony Abbott was batshit because he was a fool, but he was harmless because his thoughts were only as so far as, um, you know, mild discrimination from an aging, you know, um, religious kind of boy kind of thing. Whereas George Christensen and and Craig Kelly and stuff are just batshit for the sake of getting attention from a certain audience, which they're hoping is enough of an audience to keep them in. It may not be. We'll see. Um, Just saying George Christensen having one of the biggest, strongest conservative fellowships and also being well-known and wanted in Thailand and Bangkok and all Manila Manila and all that. Yeah. For being a sex pest, like for... Going yeah. to yeah. sex tourism he spent spots. More, he spent more time in in Manila than he did in his electorate. That's saying something. Yeah. The the what's the word I'm looking for? Where you're like diametrically opposed positions. That's one of I think. Mm. Like just how far out that is blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean. Uh, I think what's nice to see is that it is an overwhelming majority of people aren't batshit and it is absolutely a loud minority that that, um, are anti-vax and all that sort of thing. Sadly, we know some of those people went to school with some of those people, that sort of thing. So um, that's disappointing, but I mean, the minority has to be from somewhere. Um, These people are foolish. They're stupid. They're arrogant. I I was having the discussion with my parents and with Sarah at dinner the other night where, where I said something along the lines of, um, these people's position 
is based around it's the same with the flat earth earther kind of mentality as well where it's i am right you are wrong so to change or challenge their perspective on something like um, being anti-vax to change their opinion on it on whether or not it's the right thing to do or not you have to change their opinion that they are right so that's the hard part because it's an arrogance complex you got to convince them that they're wrong on something or potentially wrong or just don't know the answer. And that's the hard part. So it's not actually the, the issue of anti-vax or vaccine or not or whatever, flat earth or not. It's I am right, you are wrong. That's the easy part of it. So whatever I think is right and whatever you think is wrong, that's the hard part. But um, I guess getting back to more of the point of this, we are Sorry. free. No, no, that's we okay. Are free. We are free. We are able to do the things that we can and want to do because we have had our vaccinations. Um, Sarah and I went shopping on Wednesday, had a wonderful time. Um, because, and you had to show your vaccine passport everywhere. Sarah, who's from the UK, had to show her British one, and that was still valid, which is nice. You had to check in everywhere as well. Um, but but we, are, we do have the freedoms because we are vaccinated. You know, we're allowed to have 10 visitors um, in our home now. We're allowed to have access to gyms to indoor recreation areas again um, sporting facilities again um you know you can have have group bookings of up to 20 people in in hospitality areas pubs and bars and stuff like that and clubs and everything and small funerals and weddings are back on i think up to 100 people um for weddings i know um we have masks that have to be worn at all time indoors but that um, don't have to be worn outdoors on public transport you do have to wear masks um so, so that that's that's nice. Um, front of house hospitality staff do have to wear their masks outdoors when when in that sort of setting, like a beer garden. But for us as patrons, we no longer have to, which is just amazing. You know? Oh, I really want to go to the pub. Oh, just going out and about, and not having to worry about it. I mean, I forgot my mask on my way to work um, the other day because I realized I didn't need one outdoors, and I forgot I'd need one at the other end. But that was silly of me. But um, yeah, like it, it's wonderful. I mean, Again, you had a massive trek to get back. I was late. I, I cut it very close, so I was too late to go back. So I didn't. Ah. Doesn't matter. I got to work and they gave me one there. Um, yeah. the, but, you know, the fact that we're today, um, when this podcast goes out, Sunday, you know, we're having um, my sisters come around um, and we're celebrating Sarah's and my sister's birthday because they share the same birthday. So that's I think that's fantastic. the thing I'm most looking excited. I, I'm most excited for. I'm going to go see my cousins and my uncles mm. on Sunday, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my sister-in-law is going out on friday night and it'll be the first night my brother's left alone with the baby so he invited me over because obviously of course <laughs> um, man. yeah so we're gonna go play video games there um Lovely. and i haven't hung out with my brother like i've seen mm. him a few times and we've had like interactions but it's always been in public with other people around mm. and all that and my brother and I are going to go binge on the couch and drink beers and get takeout. Sounds perfect. And it sounds wonderful. we haven't done that since like just about a month before lockdown, I think, or two months before lockdown. Well, well, I mean, again, you know, for, for Drew and I, our, our place of work's opened back up again. And, and it was while logging into one of the computers. Um, and I hadn't, I clearly hadn't logged into it since july june i can't remember i had that as well and i suddenly shoot. yeah had all these bits of information yeah. coming up and i was like what the hell is the is july coming up for when the hell was that oh is that like your meetings on outlook just having <laughs> up like yes yeah, and, it's it's all... sa- and it's saying six months ago you yeah, had to do it, yeah. it was basically like yeah. pompeii because it was a snapshot in time 
<laughs> it was like a day. It was so weird. Stopped. Well, yeah, so while we were weird. at home at work, mm. we all had um, one of our managers opened up a virus that then sent to all of us. Of and it was so from my manager, mm. from well, not my manager, from one of my co-workers managers who I also like yes. kind of report to. Um, I get this thing saying, can you please look at this document? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm like, well, it's a manager who sent it. So I opened it mm-hmm. and they stole my password. Um, so we all had to get our passwords redone. Yes. But because I haven't been back into the office, mm-hmm. the only thing that I've changed my password for is all my online logins. But when I go back into the office, yeah, your computer again. all of my computer yeah. logins, like just the offline ones yes. will all change as well. Like automatically they'll get updated. Yeah. And I'm not looking forward to that yes. because I hate my new password and I need to change it, but I can't change it until I get back into the office. So yeah, it's not fun. The Now with the aim of it being um, 80% from tomorrow, that's at the moment we're looking at that on Monday, it's 80%, but yeah. um, it may not be. Uh, of course it could, could change, but it looks like we're going to bring in the 80% um, restrictions then um, and potentially some of the restrictions for unvaxxed people which were supposed to come in on december 1st will be brought forward to this same uh, milestone as well whether it's tomorrow or next week or whenever doesn't matter point is they're bringing things forward that's what um dom perito 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 um is saying he's going to do but essentially um mask will no longer be required um indoors um except for staff so staff will have to um, wear wear uh, masks while inside. So so that's that's what it is. Public transport's the same, um, but otherwise masks won't be required um, in office buildings. Unvaccinated people will need to do it. Continue wearing masks. Um, yeah, basically, more things are happening. More people in your home. Twenty people are allowed in your home besides the people um, that live there. So twenty visitors, essentially. Um, we're going to be able to have up to 50 people um, in outdoor gatherings now as well, which is crazy. Visitors will be allowed from um, residences in uh, in uh, aged care facilities. Um, there will be more gym and recreation um, sp- uh, facilities available to us. Community sports can start again. Um, schools will go back to full normality. Um, and... Uh, yeah, basically density of people and stuff will limit as well, uh, be reduced in, in the business's favor as well. So things are all going back to normal and everything like that. Um, here's an important one. Sex services premises will reopen as well at 80%. <laughs> what the fuck does that matter? Why is that on this list? Randomly. <laughs> this is not... Sorry, did the government put that list out? Yeah, this is the government's list. I think, says... you've, I think you've just answered your own question. Sex it, services that, that's premises. for George Christensen. Of that's course. Just, so he knows. Yeah, so he knows. He, he hasn't been able to so go back aware. to Manila, Manila for a while. Yeah, that's true. have been closed. That's true. That's um, true. But just completely randomly, your, I, I did pop over to your place the other day to drop something off. Yes. Um, for Miss Sarah. Yes. Um, and I saw your parents and while I saw your parents, they were showing me the, um, new plans for what's the road. Um, you know, uh, Princess highway, Princess highway. Yeah. yeah. Just, just South King street to Princess highway, yeah. that little area. If for anyone who's a Sydney cider and Sydney park that, yeah, Sydney mm. park. And they're going to extend the 40 K zone. Yeah, they're the going to one. Area. They're going to extend the forty k zone. Two, I think they're getting rid of a lane. Yes, and the turning lane is gone. Yes, they're making it harder for you to go to use that way, and they want you to use the road that they built, the new M eight Houston Road. 
Campbell Street Road area. Basically, but, the where they build it, like fourteen lanes funneling into one lane each way. That's what. But I just use. I need that road just to get like yes. to your place quickly. Yes. Like it's just it's a yeah. good road. It's not. I'm not going anywhere fancy. No. Anyway, um, but no, your parents were showing me that. And they've extended the road so that they can have like cafes on the sidewalk. I'm not sitting alongside the highway. No, that's where that's where that brothel is oh, for yeah, wives brothel, only. Yes, that's right. And yep, yes. <laughs> that that there is a brothel in called for wives only, and it's confused me forever about who are the patrons of this brothel. Like, are they the wives? Is it this a lesbian brothel specifically, or is it for men who are married, or is it for men who go there and all the women are married? Like, I can't. Mm. What do they mean by the what name? What is for wives only mean? Yeah. I always assumed it was for wives to attend. I I feel like that's What's not a big the market. Only for, then? What's the only for? Anyway. Uh, anyway, but that's not the point. But your parents brought up a really great question thing of, oh, well, maybe the hookers are now doing um, dinner and sex. Oh, so yeah, like with you, sitting at the cafe. Which makes sense because it's the full wife experience. You've right. got to take her out to dinner. That's right. To pretending it's your anniversary. And yes. I think that may, I think that's the way forward for sex work. You gotta do you gotta buy them in first. Escort essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um the other thing that's gonna be brilliant for us <laughs> is that you're allowed to leave Sydney now. We weren't allowed to leave Sydney under yes. 70% things. Drew is going out of Sydney this weekend. Yeah. I'm going out of Sydney on Friday. Yep. Very exciting. Going up to Foster. Now technically I could always go. The issue laid in the fact that when i brought my little munchkin back here Mm. we would normally stay with my parents however they've been in an lga that is different to mine and too far away from mine do you know that it makes no fucking sense you could go all the way out to foster but you pick him up and bring him back here but he couldn't go go. yeah the other side of bloody sydney yep and i had multiple conversations with new south wales health about this and at the end of the day, it would come down to what a police officer would say, should I be pulled up? So now that all of that is lifted and I can travel yeah. distances again. Now you can do it. Without like like regular travel mm. distances, not mm. distance for bringing a child back. I can go. I can stay. My brother was also an LGF concern and that sucked because we could not. Yep. There was there was parts of like Sydney we could meet up with him because it was in his five k mm. zone and our five k zone, but he could never come over mm. and we could never go over there. And the fact that he just had a kid, it was just like. Oh. I, I'm also um, I'm very excited at the eighty percent mark because I'm excited to be able to go um, out of Sydney and and see more and go with Sarah on like a road trip kind of adventure thing. The disappointing thing though is that I can't go to Jarvis Bay because it is still technically the ACT and the borders haven't reopened to New South Wales people. In saying that, I think the borders to Melbourne have opened. I don't know if it's fully opened, but they're looking at it. I know. They're relaxing. Flights have started again. but Yeah, because I know some people who... I mean, but in in saying that, I know a couple who... The the girlfriends from Melbourne, the boyfriends from Sydney, Mm. they got stuck in Sydney and they've just gone back to Melbourne now. They managed to go back this week. Um, I don't know what the ACT, ACT are doing, but, but it basically, when I've looked at Jarvis Bay, um, it's said um, closed to New South Wales people. So yeah, that's we'll see. Um, until further notice, basically, we'll see what happens though. But um, yeah, I'm very excited. Hopefully, we do get the eighty percent things there. Anything else to add, guys, before we go to our commercial and what the quote? Um. Good luck, Philip, for the next bout of 
definite bloody spoon. I don't Said Philip to himself. Yeah. Pretty much. But yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, okay. we're covered. Yeah, let's go to the things. <laughs> Summer is just round the bend, and what better way to celebrate than to crack into a lazy Sunday? End your week right with a lazy Sunday, the latest brew from Dickens Cider. And now it's time for What the Quote. Of course, last week's quote was Philip. Two things are infinite, the universe and human stupidity. And I'm not sure about the universe. Mm. And that was, of course, said by Albert Einstein. Indeed it was. Hey, Bianca, what about this week's quote? Live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. Now, if you know what that quote is from, make sure you reach out to us on Facebook Twitter, Instagram, uh, SoundCloud, all the things. You know how it goes. Anyway, on with the show. Alrighty, and we are back on the show, and I am now in my hand holding... Wait, is that right? Yeah, in my hand I'm holding a spoon with some wasabi on it again. Oh, God. This is wasabi round two for second segment. And that's it. That's Then your punishment's over. Look, aren't you glad we didn't wait till next week when we're back to three segments? In fact, I have to do it at all. It's horrible. Um, so, do you mind holding this again? This is just horrific. <laughs> Sarah oh, looks this is so amazing. interested. <laughs> and I don't like the taste of yogurt anymore because of this. Sarah, are you ready to sit up and nurse him all night? The combination of your <laughs> lactose intolerance, this. Yeah, I know. If my stomach grumbles throughout this episode, it's because I have to shit myself because I've had yogurt <laughs> so much to try and get over this. I'm going to have to explain to the boss why you're calling in sick tomorrow. Also, just so you know, the only yogurt I had was my weird special protein yogurt that is basically a meal replacement. So So you're feeding him good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's good for your stomach. Uh, A lot of probiotics. So is the wasabi. (laughs) And there it is. Oh my God, your face is so red. You're turning violet, Violet. <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, that was even harder. Because <laughs> you knew what was coming. Is it like super strong wasabi or just normal wasabi? No, it's genuinely like the cheap stuff. It's uh, not like, it's not like powerful. Oh, oh bullshit, so- it's not powerful. He's just really not used to it. Really no. Oh my god. Tell you what, Philip, I'll have a little bit after we finish. No, don't fuck yourself. You like it. I do. <laughs> Happy punishment, guys. That was fucking awful. Like I have a headache from that. Do are, are we talking genuinely about, though? It's, it's like a it's like a, a like a sucker punch to the back of the head. Are we talking about <sighs> the wasabi or the previous administration? I'm talking about wasabi. Phil is never going to say his name again, ever. No. <laughs> like, not even in regular conversation. I can taste the wasabi. And He'll I start just doing a little stuff. eye twitch every time he's about to. That one. Nope, nope. <laughs> he, he, he's going to say, like, um, that show, what's the, Fired? Ads for the 
Oh my god, I don't even remember what show he was on. What was the real Apprentice? Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> He's gonna see ads for the Apprentice and just be like. <laughs> and that was Punishment Part Two. Drew, tell me about Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Years after a friend and fellow Double O agent is killed on a joint mission, a secret space-based weapons program known as Goldeneye is stolen. James Bond sets out to stop a Russian crime syndicate from using the weapon. That's... I I mean, I kind of followed the plot of his friend. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I watched this work. I watched this one while I was working. Um, yes. Yep. Well, part of yesterday and part of today. So my attention span... I think I had like three meetings during it. So my attention span was not great. But I know that I recognize Ned... Um, and Nightcrawler. I I remember watching... And Jean Grey. And Jean Grey. I remember watching... I've still got wasabi in my teeth and this is horrifying because I keep looking at it and being like... Um, I've got what? It's fine. Um, I remember watching a, um, Sean Bean death... Um... Compilation? Compilation. And obviously both deaths of... His um, from Goldeneye were in it because they. I mean, you know, you you think he's dead the first time, then you think he's dead the second time. You know what? I feel like why did he think he Bond always dies? No, no, no. But why did he think Bond fucked up when he literally got shot in the head? Yeah, how dare you make put the timer on for three minutes instead of six? Well, how about don't get held at fucking gunpoint dickhead? and shot in the head? Yeah, how do you I- survive that anyway? Was it a blank? They never explained that scene. Yeah, they we literally didn't, saw him get shot in the head. So I was never that thought a blank? about that. My understanding was that he was always betraying them and that he was shot with a blank to try and make it look like he died. So that was intentional, but he thought that he was going to fake his death and get out within the six minutes. Right. But then he only had three, so he still copped the explosion, and that's why that's still his not face hit- was a bit warped. That's still not. But his like Bond's fault. Bond thought he fake. He didn't have Bond to. Bond thought his friend was dead and then yeah. had to get out himself. He but he didn't have to do the double fake of yeah. I'm gonna you know get shot and die in the explosion. He could have just like not he, made it. He could have just yeah, made it out or as if he didn't get out of the explosion. Like or just literally disappeared on his own. I there were know. multiple ways he could have done it. It's Sean Bean. He had to die. Yeah. Yeah. True. Oh. Um. <laughs> this is the first obviously with Pierce Brosnan in it. Um Yes. Who who is my bond, I think. He is the bond. I think he's our bond collectively. Yeah, like, yeah he's I think the one so. we grew up with. He's also, I think, the best um we're having this, the discussion because we're watching the following film, which we'll get to shortly. Mm. Um obviously tonight. Um fuck me, I can taste the wasabi so much more with this smell. <laughs> it's just still in there. Do I you can, want more yogurt? No, it's not spicy. I just have the taste, and the taste is revolting. Who likes the taste of wasabi? It tastes better when you mix it with soy sauce. It tastes like mm. like horseradish. Tastes like ass and gravel and scratch. So and horseradish. Terrible. Horseradish. Yeah. Who the fuck likes this? Who likes the taste of mm. soil? Oh, gravel. It tastes great with soy sauce. It doesn't, because soy sauce salmon. is too salty as well. <laughs> this is just dis- disgraceful. How are you secretly white? You secretly I white? Know you're very white? Do you know what we should have had for him? Not yogurt, but chicken nuggets. No, because you'd ruin the taste of chicken nuggets to fucking wasabi. You try to ruin all the things I like? Anyway, 
Um, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. We're having the discussion that Pierce Brosnan is the best at being a, a secret agent, a spy, a spy. So wasabi, but revolting. Yep, a spy. He's the best at being a spy. Um, Dalton's probably the next best. Yep. Um, Daniel Craig's probably the third best because Daniel Craig's more of just a like a an action hero. Rather I thought Lazenby was a good spy. Yeah, I think I think it would okay. Well, then I think it would go Brosnan, um, Dalton, either Lazenby or um, Craig. or or Craig, and then. Um, I mean, it's tied last. It, it, yeah, Roger tied Moore last. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. But Sean I mean, Sean Connery. Sean Connery pulled off being Asian, which is what we also talked about in the <laughs> next film. That's it's the true. first time we had a Bond girl in the next film who was Asian since um, Asian Bond. <laughs> Asian Bond with a haircut, and that's it. We are laughing because it's funny and it's racist, not because it's good. Just no, it's awful. It's, it's appalling. Terrifying. We do not approve. Um, yeah, go back and listen to that. Yeah, but, but, but look, it was it was um, Goldeneye is is probably the best um, entry so far of actual espionage and spyness. Mm. Um, that makes sense. I want to add that um, this is I can't remember the director's name, and I didn't write it down. Um, the director of this film also directed Casino Royale, and he's the only director in Bond history to do two intros of Bonds. Yep. That's cool. I like yeah. that. Very unique. Um, so I, I was... Very different tones for the movies too. Well directed. Yeah. Mm. To have completely different tones. Those are the only two movies he's done and they're completely different, but he's introduced two new Bonds and I feel like... And it is the two most recent. Yeah. And I feel like each of the Bonds that he introduced with the tone he set mm. carried through to the next couple of movies. Mm. Well, I haven't yeah. seen the next two. I actually genuinely haven't seen the next two movies of Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I haven't seen the full thing. Um, no, I mean, definitely all four Pierce Brosnan films. I think these two are the best spy movies. And then the following two are a little bit more Roger Moore or... Um, the or, following um, two are very um, reflective of... Hollywood at the time. It's it's basically um, very rich rich psychopath basically. Whereas this one is a little bit more along the lines of spy because it's tied into the media. Uh, the next one, I mean, is is tied into media and all that. The the last two Brosnan films or the second two Brosnan films are way are way more um, back to Connery or more, where it's rich guy goes rogue kind of thing. Well, so like, it's a little bit more silly. I also want that, to mention the fact that. Um... But the but the feeling's still the same. It's the same sort of tone set throughout all four. This yeah. is the first nineties movies of Bond. And yep. I think mm-hmm. is the next movie is the next Bond movie two thousand? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. So there's three nineties movies and then the one after that is two thousand. Because one of Brosnan's came out in early two thousand. I Didn't remember it? when yeah, I remember when my neighbor Brosnan's was, last one came out in two thousand and two. Yeah, okay. Oh, so yeah. there's only a three year gap until a four. Four year gap till Yep. Real. Okay. Yep. So Felt these movies it, do you remember like last week I was talking about how the Timothy Dalton movies disappointed me because comparatively to the other eighties films of the time, yeah. the camera work and all that, they just yeah. weren't thing. These ones with the Kept exception up, for the, I think the first driving scene in Goldeneye, mm-hmm. I think all the rest of the camera work was very much Hollywood. Yeah, I think the rest because because if you look at English eighties movies, mm. they all keep to the sort of um, Brosnan esque, and even their nineties movies, 
not Brosnan, um, Dalton-esque, like, mm. framing and all that, and just the colour palettes and all that. You're right, the framing of that car chase at the beginning of GoldenEye is spot on with that. Yeah, the framing mm. of the car chase and the colour yeah. palette and all that, that is very much... British. British. Oh, so bit. British. And it? then you, the rest of the film kind of updates into that 90s Hollywood mm. blend of colouring and yeah. a lot of silver. These movies had a lot of silver yes. in them. especially when we get to... Um, Die another day. Yeah, that, especially that in Die the Another Day. Color palette. Um, yeah, very. It feels very grey. It is. <laughs> yeah, but that that has to do with the whole thing of back then technology, like up up and fa- fancy the, technology. Everything was sleek and silver. Everything was sleek, sleek, sleek and silver. Sleek silver, metal, kind of that sort of thing. Um, but then and also, red leather couches. <laughs> yeah, but then also spy equals very grey tones. Because that's spy. That's how you blend into the crowd is grey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But if you think about, like, what we now think is sleek, it's all very black, white, monochromatic Mm. as well. But it's all, like, there there are pops of colour in there and it's a bit... It's a bit different nowadays. So, like... Screens are vibrant, but the thing that's holding the screen is... Yeah, screens are very vibrant comparatively. And, and I mean, and you see that in the Craig movies as well. The, the mm. screens and technology that they use, the graphics that they use and stuff are ridiculously, you know, ridiculous color palettes and everything like that and, and different sort of things and labels and everything. And it's like that as if this is the the um, the the IP or not the IP, the um, interface that, that these agencies use and stuff like that. But at but, the same time, that's but, what we kind of... Yeah, well, at the same time, I mean, uh, let's go back to comparing directors here so that we can tie that, um, Mm. tie back to what we're talking about here with Goldeneye. But both of Martin Campbell's films, Goldeneye and Casino Royale, use a very muted color palette. I know in the case of Goldeneye, it's very much about the fact that everything was going through a level of change and that the perception of the Soviet Union was changing and Mm. they wanted to convey what it was and that feeling of it and and there is a very bleak outlook to that film Mm. anyway so that explains a very muted color palette there even for sequences like the train sequence or when they're on the beach and that you you can see that even even in the jungle at the end there there's an it could be more vibrant but it's not and i feel like he carries that again when we get to casino royale we'll see that as well because even when you're looking at beautiful shots of Venice in there, it is very muted. Mm. There is something... It's not dull, but they don't want it to have any kind of real sheen to it. And I think that's because he was trying to convey a very gritty story both times around. He wanted to bring things back to a very grounded character. Yep. Um, I'm just reading some of the notes you popped in, um, Drew, yep. about this thing. And I want to talk about the computer graphics mm-hmm. being used for the gun barrel sequence. Yep. The very first time in Bond history that CGI was used. Yep. CGI up until this point wasn't just even a thing. And it made me appreciate the previous Bond sequences more, Mm, the title sequences. And I always knew in the back of my mind, they weren't CGI. That was all like special effects and technical effects and tricks and camera tricks and all that. Yeah. But it just made me appreciate it because watching that, I was, it was such a jarring. Mm. And I think they also changed the Bond tune a little bit in the beginning and made it a bit more 
techno 90s yeah that 90s futuristic the, yeah, the, that, I, that feel I, I that everyone the thought the early drums. 2000s yeah, were gonna have yeah it was the yeah. Drums. we were both like oh god yeah um but yeah i i think it's interesting and i don't i don't know i don't think this movie captured mm. how great cgi would be for the sequences in like future bond mil- films especially craig mm. films Mm. But I feel like it's like the step in that direction, so it's worth Bef- noting. Before um, I get you to rattle off a couple more of these interesting facts, Drew, um, just some of the notes that I put in while watching the movie, I had written down that um, this is something that surprised me. Still completely inappropriate to women. Um, Goldeneye was... I can't remember her name. The um, the Russian... Um, Xenia. On a top? Yeah. The, the, not not the, the, the bad bitch, but the... Um, oh, the other one. The one that was the the level two programmer, basically. Um, she, he was pretty inappropriate with her, like holding on to her. Yeah, like, yeah. I just, I was just surprised because I can't remember the Brosnan ones being that bad. But because I know that by the end they get very PG. Um, Die another day being the fourth one. Yep. Yeah, is very PG. It was designed so that it was more family friendly, so more families could go, and it was a shift towards what was to come for even the um the craig ones um so i put that in there um i said i love the shaky cam it feels a lot more raw and like the um you're there uh, rather mm-hmm. than just watching that was a new camera technique that we really saw in this one so like on board yep. the the yacht in uh, monaco that shaky camera um you know we're, we're, we're basically in bond's shoes mm-hmm. i thought that was really cool um i said early 90s computer hacking like of course um, I said uh, M's office was a lot more realistic to the building that MI6 actually is in. So that was really appreciated that. Yeah, I felt a lot more realistic rather than just some formal bloody rumpus room. Um, and I said Dame Judy Dench feels like the only M that can actually control um, the always cavalier Bond. Mm. Doesn't matter who Bond is being played by. Weirdly. M never seems to be able to have control over them. And M finally does. This M has control over them. Um, yeah. Weirdly, I feel like having a female M was the only way to put some, like, female power dynamics in here that were actually going to work. Because if you had Bond disrespecting Judi Dench, Mm. no one can disrespect Judi Mm. Dench, just IRL or anywhere. Yeah it would have made him a worse character. Yeah. So one, I have to appreciate the fact that they cast Judy Dench and not, you know, anyone else. I feel like they probably could have cast Helen Mirren as well, but mm. I think at the time she was still known as a sex symbol. Yeah. Rather than... Judy Dench is just a powerful... The kick-ass, yeah. Yeah. So Helen Mirren now isn't just known as a sex symbol. Now she's also known as a kick-ass actress. She, I think the Tempest sealed that for her, especially. Mm. Um but back then she was just known as a sex symbol. But Judy Dench's being so serious and so stoic and just even her deadpan the, delivery to yeah, some lives. even into the Craig films, like just hearing her pissed off and saying, oh Christ, I missed the Cold War. Like she just delivers every line so well. And there was a monologue that, not a monologue, there's a there's dialogue between Brosnan and, and um, Dench. Where they clear the air about their feeling about one another. Yeah, and he ba- she basically calls him like a bombastic relic from the Cold, um, War. the Cold War. And it was just the most brilliant kind of sit-down sunshine kind of moment. But it was mm. perfect. And you're just like, yep, we can see this And all the other already. M's 
never had that. We just if had this kind of stop flirting with Money Penny, and that's kind of all they did. But they also seemed just as chaotic as he him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They seemed just as incapable as him, well, which they were made just, they Bond were just the older members of the boys' club. Yeah, but that made mm. that made Bond look capable comparatively, which didn't give. It's why Bond looked so good. But with the fact that Bond in this film, Pierce Brosnan, again, we were talking about, mm. is a better spy. It's because he's got someone that's holding the reins better. Yeah, he mm. has to be a better spy mm. because now you have a better M. This would this shit wouldn't fly, you know, under M kind of thing. Yeah, this, this shit M. would not fly under yeah. Zuri Yeah. Um, Drew, give us some of the facts and then we'll get to our scores and we'll move on to Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay, so a couple of interesting things here. Um, several changes had to be made to the script during production because the plot was virtually identical to True Lies, Seriously? which was being released ima- at the same time. I can't imagine that. What about it was the same? I, I don't know. Really. I've never seen True Lies. Oh my God, Bien. That's another one to put on the list. <sighs> yeah, that's a good film. Um, I love it. Ray Fiennes auditioned for Bond Obviously, he didn't get it. However, he did wind up replacing Judy Dench in Skyfall as M. How yep. old would Ralph Fiennes have been back then? It's also interesting. It was that around they, the time he was in Schindler's List. Um, it's also interesting that um, Brosnan had been kind of um, eyed off as the next Bond for a while, um, especially after that chance meeting um, during the filming of Ralph, or oh, whatever movie it was. Yep. One of the ones that we um, the name of. Now, fun fact, I don't know if you guys are Hold aware. Hold on, just randomly. If Fines had been cast as Bond, he would have been the youngest. Yep. He would have been 29. That would have been crazy. interesting. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but Goldeneye is actually the name of Ian Fleming's beachfront house in Jamaica, where between 1952 and 1964, he wrote all the Bond novels and short stories. It was actually named for the contingency plan that the SIS, whose members included Fleming, devised in the event of a Nazi invasion of Spain. What's SIS stand for? Uh, Secret Intelligence Service? Yeah. Right. Yeah, Fleming wasn't... Fleming wrote about it from experience. Yeah. Like, Fleming wrote about Bond from his own experience. This was also the first completely original Bond film without any reference to any other Ian Fleming novel or short story. Well, I can see that because of the use of computer technology, which wasn't really a thing for, you know, computer hacking and that sort of thing and arming the missiles that way and stuff. That wasn't really a thing during Fleming's time, so I'm not surprised by that. You can definitely see that. Um, I also like the fact that Robbie Coltrane was in this movie. It's always great to see. Um, I love Robbie Coltrane. And Mini Driver. Mm-hmm. This movie. So I feel like. It was a really random thing. She was in there. I feel like Stand every now and then in the 80s Bonds films, I was like, oh, I know you. I know you. But everyone in this film, I was like, I know you. So which was good. Like, yeah. it, again, it's coming up to our era. Yeah. Um, and again, he's been, it has been a very interesting ride seeing the evolution of film like this, mm. but it's coming up to our era now. So it's got this extra level of excitement mm. of seeing all these actors who we grew up with. Well, speaking of the, um, the evolution of film, this is the first Bond film that was released on DVD. Yeah. See technology. Like when it was released in 95. Yeah. 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 It's a thing. Wow. Um, DVDs were around in 95. Either that or shortly after. Yeah, they were becoming they were like fresh, fresh. Because Laserdisc already existed existed um, at that point. Drew, oh, wow. yep. Give me your scores, please. 
My scores for this film, I have written them down already. Do you want me to say it? Because I've got mine here. My score. So, on a technical level, I gave it a seven because I did think it was a little bit of a step up. And while it wasn't reinventing the wheel, it was certainly doing something a little bit bold, a little bit different. I love that jump at the beginning. I thought that was fantastic. Um, personal enjoyment. I've always been a big fan of this film. I think that there are so many elements that bring it together from Tina Turner's song to having a fresh bond, having a lot of familiar faces, but also being a little dark, a little gritty. The, the story, when they wrote it, they actually thought that Timothy Dalton was coming back again. So it was written for Dalton's bond to be That's interesting. gritty and suit his bond. But seeing Brosnan in it is really cool. So I personally give it an eight. Yep. Awesome. Um, I gave it seven and seven. So personally gave it a seven. Yep. Yeah. Um, really enjoyable film. Um, one that I've seen many times, um, but but absolutely enjoyed. Loved it. Yep. Um, and then, oopsie daisy. Um, and then personally, I gave it a, uh, sorry, technically I gave it a seven as well. Um Reason being is that it's um, Pierce Brosnan being basically the best secret agent-y mm. Bond yet. Um, and a movie that steps up in terms of actual quality of um, acting, design, effects, camera work, the whole thing. It's just a lot slicker sort of production. So I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I like that idea that it, that it could have been for Dalton. Again, it kind of... Um, Dalton was the best lead-in to the Brosnan movies, I think we could have had. Yeah. It being being um, um, more... Yeah, cool. I gave it a, you gave it a seven and seven, you gave it a seven and eight, and I gave it an eight and eight. I like that. Um, I liked, I think for the time, and I think the massive jump in technology and the mm. fact that they moved to this more Hollywood film really helped it. I think like I was looking at, I watched um, 12 Monkeys a couple of weeks back. Oh, wow. Which is... Uh, came out in the same year, I think, or yeah. maybe it was came out the year afterwards. This but maybe steps well above Terry Gilliam. Well, well, tech like yes. for the technology yes. and for the director, like yeah. it's a lot better than yeah. Twelve Monkeys. Mm. Um, and for the fact that they came out at the same time, the fact that this movie used mm. CGI sparingly, which I appreciate. Mm. Um, but it wasn't like if you go look back at it, it's not glaringly obviously obvious where they use it. No, you know, the, 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 you have this, the, um, the satellite, the, the golden eye, the weapon, um, absolutely CGI. But then besides that, it doesn't really come into it. But they haven't made the movie revolve around, hey, look at this newfangled technology. Yeah, which I appreciate, yeah. which they could have and they, had, they would have had. to benefit the movie, but not the movies about that. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And I think for the time, mm. I mean, now on RHDTVs, it doesn't look great. But, but for the time. Yeah. It looked great. Yeah. Um, it was very realistic. It was high quality CGI. Yeah. So yeah, eight and eight. I and like I, and I, I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Before, um, before we round out of GoldenEye though, we do need to make a very brief mention of the fact that on top of all that, it spurred one of the greatest video games of all time. Yes, it did. I yes, never it played it. Holy crap. Yeah, absolutely. I think my brother played it. I just never got to play Nintendo it. Nintendo 64 even. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But whether you played it or not, you know that that game was lives in pop culture history mm. an absolute icon of the genre 
Tomorrow never dies. I can taste um, wasabi in my 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 mouth still. Well, while yeah. you taste it, why don't you read us the synopsis for the film? James Bond sets out to stop a media mogul's plan to induce war between China and the UK in order to obtain exclusive global media coverage. Yeah, that's pretty bang on. Actually. Yeah, and yeah. look, uh, look, uh, this movie kind of is shifting towards the silliness of the next two, where again it's more about rich eccentric you know um person does something ridiculous and bond gets caught up in that so not really spy-ish but still okay somehow he's involved in it yeah. I, um this is still relevant because it's about war between the u.s uh, uk and, and china so it's trying to prevent that um so we see a little bit and of, us is not having anything to do with it yeah yeah <laughs> which but, I, I like that um scene and and it is kind of relevant to today's world where media is absolutely dictating the way things go so mm-hmm. um yeah, it's absolutely a spy movie. Um, we were saying while we were watching it, because we actually watched all this this movie together. Tonight, yes. Tonight, which was yep. our kind of intention for these movies, I think. Mm. I think we decided that we were going to watch some of them together yep. originally, but yeah. lockdown. Um, <laughs> but no, so this movie we watched together, and I think we we're all talking about how this really feels like a precursor to um, Apple and... Rupert mm. Murdoch somehow he was like a well our villain feels like a cross between the two yeah, yeah. he feels like mm. what was Steve Apple Jobs Steve and, Jobs and Rupert Murdoch he dresses like Steve Jobs and he acts like Rupert Murdoch and Bat he does keynotes yeah batshit crazy that does keynotes yeah. um but I feel like I, I this movie I mean again I can't, I don't know the next two but this movie even though it is an eccentric rich billionaire millionaire back then because I don't think billionaires were around. Um, it's true to what happens nowadays of, I, I, that's what kept like messing my head up. Like people do this shit, like try and manipulate the media and try and Mm. manipulate stuff to get to their advantage. Mm. I do have to say the Bond women in this film were a lot better than all the Bond women who came before. I think. They were stronger characters. Yeah. They were stronger, more interesting characters. Um, I think Terry Hatcher a little bit was kind of boring her character. I think mm-hmm. um, her Bond girl was underutilized. But I also, I, 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 the fact that there was like one sex scene with her and then I think her, him and Michelle Yao just made out. Did they have sex? Or am I imagining it? He breathed water into her mouth, which looks like making out. Yeah, but I think they kissed again at the end of the movie, didn't they? They Yeah. Yeah. They kissed at the end and that was it. Yeah, they just kissed at the end. There was no sex in space. No. Yeah. I mean, they didn't go into space. See, and that's, this is more like what I remember the Brosnan films to be like. Not really They weren't really sex. raunchy. And I, even yeah. though there is a certain like sex thing that comes with Bond films... And I think they don't it, necessarily need to show it. It's more, it's more perceived, not shown. Well, mm. not just that. It's not. It, this one is not in a way that's dirty. I feel like all the movies before it was just like misogynistic and dirty, and mm. this one doesn't feel as bad. I'm sure that like if someone analysed it with one of those like mm. misogyny scales, it's probably not the greatest. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. It didn't have me cringing every five minutes mm. of him just like finding random women and just I'm going to have sex with them and then I'm going to continue on my mission. Yeah. And I really feel like that was the majority of the old, the previous movies. Yeah. It was like a little bit of mission in between all of these different yeah. sex scenes. Exactly. I agree. Um, so that I appreciated. And I love Michelle Yao. I think she's 
fucking amazing. So oh, she is. Yeah, she's. I I feel like besides um, Casino Royale, this is the Bond movie that I've seen the most. This one. Yeah. yeah. I feel These like it was on Channel movies. Ten a lot. I remember it on Seven. It was on Seven. Or whatever Seven. Yeah. It was on one of the Sunday yeah. night movies. Um, th- this this one's definitely the one that I remember the most. Um, this one. And the next film are the first two that I saw. Um, I missed Goldeneye when watching it um, as, a, as a kid. Of course, yeah. Um, but it was these next, this one and the next one of the two that I watched. Um, so this one was kid. the first one I ever saw in a cinema as a kid. Like, Casino Royale yeah. was the first one I ever saw in the cinema. Really? Yeah. Wow. And yeah. I, didn't I think this is actually the only one I saw of Pierce Brosnan in the cinema, but it was the first Bond movie I saw in a cinema. Mm. Oh, wow. it's a wasabi, but Drew, give me one of the facts you've written down, please. <laughs> Um, okay, well, for the fight scene in the bicycle shop, the producers had to call in Jackie Chan's stunt team because none of the stuntmen wanted to do the scene with Michelle Yeoh due to her full contract stunt fighting, oh, sorry, full contact stunt fighting style, which she perfected in Hong Kong action films. That's cool. I appreciate that. Well done. She's in Shang-Chi and I think they use some of, um, graduates from Jackie Chan's stunt fighting team that's pretty cool which I've, i i've read that somewhere because she does her own well she does some of her own stunt she's a bit older now but yeah um here's an interesting one sir anthony hopkins was initially cast as elliot carver <laughs> and joined the production but walked after three days Jesus. because it was so chaotic and there was no completed shooting script due to the pressure on eon productions to finish the movie on time new pages of the screenplay were being delivered every morning so he opted to appear in the mask of zorro instead oh, good move. now i have another fact that actually links to that martin campbell who directed the previous one goldeneye actually declined the opportunity to direct this film because he didn't want to make two bond films in a row so he opted to direct the mask of zorro instead so Hopkins left from this production to go, okay. to go work with the director of Goldeneye um, instead. You know what? Actually, now that you, I didn't know that he also directed Mask of Zorro because I don't follow much. Um, but now that you say that, I can totally see how he directed both. He directed both of the Zorro films, to be precise. He also directed Green Lantern, but we don't hold that against him. I just reading this. This is the third and final film in the franchise to show James Bond in his Royal Navy Commando uniform. Very brief, yeah, it is. But it does show him. That's, that's cool. Um, and also, 15 BMW 750, um, 750s were destroyed in the making of this movie. That's crazy. This was the first Bond car that I uh, remember watching. Yeah. The first Bond film that I saw. And I really wanted this, this car, and I really wanted... Um, a Sony Ericsson phone for the purpose of seeing this phone flip open and having the screen on it. And the Sony out. Ericsson in Casino Royale was what got me wanting a Sony Ericsson. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I never understood um, the appeal of this car. Sorry, I had to yawn. The, the fact in here that caught my eye was that Monica Bellucci read for the role of Paris Carver. And according to Pierce Brosnan, the fools said no. She was eventually cast inspector, though. Hmm. I see that. Brilliant. Um, also, a young Gerard Butler makes an appearance as leading seaman HMS Devonshire. He was later considered to star as Bond in Casino Royale, but turned it down due to fears of typecasting. We've just watched it. I, I didn't even yeah. notice him Wait, there. Did you? Hold no. on. No, I have to understand. What was he afraid of being typecast as? If he was as James Bond. Bond for Casino Royale. Okay, but... 
he's been type he's been yes. cast as the same Scottish man in, in every, every movie, movie yeah. including the three hundred, yep. which is confusing because they're Greek. Yes. Yeah, I don't think he understands what typecast means. I love Gerard neither, Butler, but I feel like George he's Lason really beats. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Gerard Butler's brilliant in Den of Thieves, though. Um, you should watch that movie. I still great haven't movie. watched. Oh, it's a great movie. I haven't watched that. The only movies I've seen of him is like the rom coms, like PS I Love You. I uh, watched Watch Den of Thieves. He's such a gritty. It's gritty. I'll him. give you. I'll give you one more fun one yep. before we get into our um, scores. Our scores. Mm-hmm. Just before shooting the scene where Bond and Waylin get on the motorcycle, director Roger Spottiswood took Pierce Brosnan and Michelle Yeoh aside, each without the other's knowledge, and told each of them not to let the other get in the driver's seat. The result is actually in the final movie. Bond and Waylin fight over who gets to drive the before getting on the bike. I feel Love like that. I feel like at some point they realized though what had happened. Yeah, yeah. and we're just like, yeah, no, okay, we're fucking doing that's this. That's what we're doing. Yeah, but um, that scene is in. But there. can I can I just say Michelle Yao is like, I, I keep saying this every time I find a cool Bond girl that I like, but I think now she's my favorite up to this point. Yeah, and then followed by um, Grace Jones. Mm. I love, and that's all I can think of so far. Oh, um, from George Lazenby. I can't remember her name. Game uh, of Thrones. Um, yeah, I don't, can't remember her name. Oh my God. I'm, Diana Rigg. Yeah, Diana Rigg. I think they're my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Scores. Scores. I'm going to give it personally a seven and technically a six. Doesn't really do anything super gra- uh, groundbreaking. I think that the, the fact that they got... Or they use different methods to, to perform stunts. Was that personal and a seven and technical a six? Yeah. Um, I see. Um, I think that it technically, yeah, it's not groundbreaking, but I enjoy the fact that they've used different methods to perform stunts and make stunts happen, including yep. the Halo. I love the Halo jump in this as well. Mm. Um, yeah, writing. Look, I think they're on song now. They've got the, the Bros. The, the, they, they know how to make Brosnan work in a film um, as Bond. And I think that this absolutely lives up to that name. But I think that they're, it's not that they're in autopilot. Now they're just, they're writing the good times and they're making good movies happen. So um, that's not a not any sort of knock at all. Five being absolutely neutral, anything less than that. And it means it's doing a terrible job. Anything above five, I think it's doing it. Yep. It's achieving what it needs to do. And this is a six for me. Seven personally, yeah, I... I Again, this is the bond that I I saw the most, the most besides Casino Royale of this and Casino Royale. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, I I just always have good nostalgic memories about this. And this is where I kind of remember. I was surprised by Goldeneye about um the amount of sex even in that one, but this one's a little bit more like yeah, this is how I remember the Brosnan films to be. So yeah. Yeah. Bianca. I'm gonna give it a seven and eight. Seven for technical, eight for personal. I actually really enjoyed this movie. Um. Probably mostly because I really like Michelle Yeoh. Um, also, I really liked... When I was a kid, I really liked Terry Hatcher because she was a Lois Lane. So yes. I did like this movie. Um, and then technically, it didn't do anything marvelous. Um, but again, it wasn't... I, I'm glad they didn't jump back to any of the proper British film. Like This got even more Hollywood, I think, compared to mm-hmm. GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. Um and they're rapidly updating the technology, and which kind of sits, sets with, if you think about movies between 95 to 2000, technology changed very quickly. Mm. So it kind of keeps in time with that, which I appreciate. And yeah, Drew? 
Well, funny thing, um, I did forget to mention this, but of course, with your love of Terry Hatcher as Lois Lane, there is an episode in the new Adventures of Superman called Don't Tug on Superman's Cape, where Hatcher's Lois Lane has a dream in which she is the Bond girl, Miss Goodbottom, in the movie The Spy Who Left Me. I like that. Very sneaky. Um, My score is actually the same as Phil's. So six for technical, seven for personal enjoyment. They're not really reinventing anything here either, but there are some interesting sequences. Particularly, I have always loved the motorcycle chase. Mm -hmm. I do like how much they shoot underwater in this film. And I think we can see a big leap in the technical achievement there from, let's say... For your eyes only, which had a few questionable ways in which they they put the underwater scenes to work. Personally, I I really love this film. This is like like you guys. I I grew up on watching this one a lot, and certainly I, th- I think I I used to watch all the Bond films with my mum. This was probably the one I watched the most with her. And on top of that, I grew up playing the PS One game. I I love the story. I love the characters, and even though I see all the pitfalls in it, I I still enjoy it. So yeah. And with that sound, that means it's time for us to go. And um, before we do, we need to get to our sick Kent of the week. Drew or Bianca, who is sick Kent of the Bianca. week? We sort of have multiple sick Kents this week. Multiple. I think we have um. Multi, about, multi, multi, multiple. Yeah, I think we have about ninety percent of sick Kents. Uh, and by saying that, we have we this week's sick Kent of the week is literally everyone. I think actually there's less, but globally, who has been vaccinated or double vaccinated, yep. um, and doing their part. And to the immunocompromised people who can't get vaccinated, you're still there. We still count you because that's not your fault. But to everyone else who has objections, you are not the sick Kent. Yeah, basically else, anyone that has just intended or wanted to or wanted to do their bit. Um, you are the sick Kent and anyone that has chosen not to because you're an idiot or arrogant. Um, and the people who have faked it, yes. they're especially like... They're especially the opposite. The there's opposite. A, there's a special bowl of wasabi with your name on yeah. it. Yeah, you're just a total Kent. Not, not a spoon of wasabi, a full bowl, a yogurt yep. bowl. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So awesome. thank you to everyone who got vaccinated so that we can go out. Exactly right. And with that, it's time for us to go. Drew, thank you. Bianca, thank you. Sarah, thank you very much. Sitting here quietly and very well for the whole time. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you, team. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Till next week. Yeah.